welcome to our second episode of Two Tankers and a Cat. We are your hosts, Charlie and Russell. Since Halloween is the day after we will release this episode of Two Tankers and a Cat, we've decided to keep this episode Halloween themed. Oh, and by the way, our mascot, Lightning the Tank Cat, is not a black cat, but she can be pretty evil. We're going to start off talking about the Ghost Division by the U.S. Army. Um, This army consisted of basically 1,100 real personnel, but most of it was columns of tanks, of rubber tanks, and one of my favorite stories about the rubber tank, I'm going to have Russ get into it, Uh, tell us about the bull that charged the M4 Sherman. Yeah. From a distance, an English farmer could see that sometime overnight, a column of Sherman tanks had parked on his field. One of his bulls also noticed the American tanks and was eyeing one of them warily. Suddenly, the bull lunged. The farmer braced himself for the sight of one of his prized bovines, cracking its skull against the armor plating. The bull struck the tank at top speed, and with a lazy hiss of air, the Sherman deflated into a pile of olive drab rubber sheeting. The bull and the farmer had stumbled onto one of the most elaborate deceptions in the history of warfare, the creation of Patton's Ghost Army. Now, Russell, what I understand about the history is everybody was like, oh, Patton's going to lead the main charge into Europe and stuff like that. But he was going through some political problems. So he was kind of, I don't know, in trouble for slapping a soldier. Is that correct? Yeah, you are 100% correct there. So basically he was in hot water, but they knew that the Germans were watching him very closely and that even Hitler assumed that Patton would be leading the charge into Europe. So they basically used his popularity and built this ghost division around him. Is that correct? Yes, yes. What kind of things built up a a ghost division, I guess? Well, you've got uh, several different things. They Pretty much all the pieces they used were inflatable. They'd be tanks, airplanes, jeeps, artillery pieces. And to be honest with you, from what I could find in some of the research, um, they could put out as many as 100 fake tanks in a night. Well, when you say, you know, they're building this division, uh, you know, with all the spy networks, and the Germans did have a pretty effective spy network. Um, did they have, like, sounds and radio traffic that they were using to help fool? Yeah, they used uh, loudspeakers, giant loudspeakers, to make it sound like they were a big division of of military. It, it was it was all about the deception. So what we're saying is that at, they'd put these tanks out and, and these fake units out, and they would put up these loudspeakers of tanks rolling, uh, training gunfire, uh, training marches, all this stuff where the Germans could hear from a div, you know, a distance because they couldn't definitely get up close without being captured, but they could take pictures from a distance and they could record it and they would report back, hey, there's a huge division that Patton's building over here. You know, we're seeing tanks, airplanes. How many people were actually in that? 
Well, I'll start off by saying that it, it was called the 23rd Headquarters Special Troops of the United States Army, so they did have their own name. Um, it was an 1,100-man unit, given the unique mission um, within the Allied Army to impersonate other Allied Army units. And that was all in order to just deceive the enemy. Wow. And they were also putting these tanks out where they could know that some of these spies were actually getting aerial reconnaissance? Oh, yeah. From the air, German Air Force, the Luftwaffe, from the air, these rubber tanks and trucks and artillery pieces, they look just like the the real thing. Wow. That is incredible. Now, I also heard that they would even send some troops in to like the local towns and stuff like that and give false information and, and leaked stories like that. Is that correct also? Yeah, they would, um, this 1100 man unit, they would have so many of them go into towns and kind of blend in and it would it would actually make their army seem real. Yeah. It really and it, did. And it really, it really did. wasn't anything there. No, no. Wow. So no wonder, uh, you know, if you're getting that kind of intelligence, that you have this massive army with Patton, you're going to put elite tanks to where you think they're going to strike. And that's actually taking divisions and soldiers and equipment out of the fight, out of the real fight, over this ghost division. Well, how, was this all still classified? When, when did they unclassify this info? Yeah, this was a highly classified uh, program. The ghost army was a highly classified program. And as far as I could tell, it was classified until about 1996. Even today, many of the details about the Ghost Army are, are still kept secret. And I would imagine the reason for that is that they may even use something like that in wars. I mean, in the future. Wow. Um, I know we hit on some radio traffic. Uh, they would actually record actual transmissions between soldiers in the field and Morse code and send that out. That really had to fool those poor uh, German soldiers. So what are some of the other stuff that they would use? We've talked about radio traffic, the actual, uh, you know, inflatable tanks, artillery. What are some other tactics that these units were doing? Well, one of the neatest things that I came across was that, uh, you know, the rubber tanks and trucks, since they don't leave tracks or tread marks, in the dirt, they would have soldiers with this unit that were operating with the unit. They were equipped with rolling tools to actually make tread and tire marks so that the Luftwaffe or the German Air Force could see that from the air. I mean, they went to great lengths to to deceive the Germans. So they knew that the Luftwaffe was flying over certain areas but were afraid to get too close to enemy or basically American uh, anti-aircraft fire. So they were out with these rolling, basically these big rolling tools and pushing tank tracks and truck tracks out in the field so they could take pictures and say, oh, look, they're even out there driving it. Yeah, just another way to deceive them. What an interesting topic. If someone wants to find out more about the Ghost Army Division, what's some sites and how some ways that they could even see more about this? I believe it was in 2013, PBS, or the Public Broadcasting System, 
produced a documentary called The Ghost Army. As far as I can tell, you can still order that documentary off of their website, on their PBS website. And I will have all that information on where that's available through our Facebook page, through our show notes. You'll be able to find that information on the show notes. I've found that you can actually watch the documentary on Amazon for free if you've got Amazon Prime. Or you can rent it for about $3.99. So it, it would be worth a watch. That's really cool. And you said you're going to put that in our Facebook link and on our podcast notes? Yeah, on our show notes and the Facebook. I'll have links for all those, all that information. Also, that the Ghost Army has their own website, which is pretty interesting, too. It's got a lot more information about the Ghost Army and, and what they're doing today. I believe they're still having... You know, with the family and everything, they're having get-togethers and, and stuff like that. I got to admit, uh, I would love to go to a museum or something and be able to find some of these inflatable tanks. And if any of our listeners, again, we keep bringing this up and, and we're serious, we want you, the listener, to give us feedback and your comments and even to help us out with some information. If you have some information about the Ghost Army, we'd love to hear from you. And we will use your name, uh, not your whole name, just basically your first name and where <laughs> you're from. Um, but if anybody knows where we can go and see or maybe even obtain one of these old inflatable M4s, we would really like that information. The second thing I want to bring up is... Uh, I. I know a lot of us out here are comic book fans. Um, Russ is uh, into the comic book stuff, too. I'm a huge one. I'm, I know. I'm a geek. But one of the things I remember growing up is reading the story about the haunted tank. And this came out through, was it Marvel or DC Comics? I believe it was a DC Comics. Yeah, yeah DC Comics. Yeah. Oh, uh they had, yeah, DC had their own anthology uh, war title called G.I. Combat. And it was from 1961 through 1987. Um, like tonight, I actually went and seen the movie Venom. Pretty good movie. I'd suggest to go see it. A little dark. Um, got some rough spots in it. Maybe not too kid-friendly, but still a great movie. Have you got to read any of the comic books about the haunted tank? I personally have not. To be honest with you, this is the first time that I've ever heard about it. You mentioned it to me, and I know we were trying to keep this podcast episode uh, Halloween themed, and and I you've come up with this, so yeah, I've I've learned a lot about it. But no, I have not personally yeah. read any of them. So if anybody has information on where we can pick up these old uh, comic books, or if you have them laying around and want to send one to us, uh, definitely feel free. Russ, I know you did some research. Can you tell me a little about the about the research of the comic book? Yeah. The Haunted Tank um, comic book was all about a military tank crew led and commanded by then-Sergeant Jeb Stewart um, during World War II. The original crew consisted of Stewart's childhood friends uh, who had volunteered for the tank cavalry when the war began and aided by the ghost of Stewart's ancestor, Confederate General Jeb Stewart, who possessed the crew's light M3 Stewart tank. You know, I remember reading about this, and usually, and I'm going off memory, 
they would have Jeb Stewart on a horse and his ghost, kind of like in the comic book panel, with a sword drawn, and the M3 uh, Stewart would be going forward. But I remember one episode or one comic book where they had a tiger tank shooting through a little hole in a rock, and they were going up through a rocky pass, and the Stewart. Uh, got hit in the side and it kind of rocked it to the side and it fell back and they fired and it fired the Stewart's round through the hole in the rock threw down the barrel of the tiger as they were reloading and hit the ammo rack and blew the ta- tiger tank up total <laughs> comic book stuff but uh you know I, I think some people would like to know about the start of the haunted tank where it started out at yeah the haunted tank fought through the North African campaign to the European theater of operations in which the crew went through several M3 tanks during the time frame of the, of the comic book. After the latest of their M3s was destroyed, the crew actually scavenged spare parts and wreckage from a tank graveyard to build themselves a new tank, and they called it the Jigsaw Tank which still serves them from that point. Now, what was some of the parts that this jigsaw tank, and you, I'll go back real quick. You said they went through several M3 tanks. <laughs> Unfortunately, when an M3 was hit, you know, by a Panther or a German tank, the crews usually didn't do in the comic books and bailed out. The Stuart was more of a scout tank. Um, I, w- I wish I had dug up some more stuff on the Stuart actually, but we'll, talk about the Stuart a lot in future uh, broadcast. But what was this jigsaw tank bro- you know, made out of? Well, going through their tank graveyard, it was definitely a jigsaw puzzle, pretty much, that they put together. Um, it had a modified Russian T-34 hole, a Christie suspension system, a Russian Y2 12-cylinder diesel engine of about 500 horsepower. And the nearly 15-foot track gives this rolling jigsaw puzzle um, excellent traction. Capable of speeds up to 21 mile an hour. So it was definitely something they put together. See, now this is why we need to contact some of these video game uh, uh, gamer uh, companies like World of Tanks and tell them, hey, we found a new tank that you need to put out. <laughs> yeah. We basically talked about the haunted tanks kind of stopped after the European theater and the World War II was over, and I guess people were getting kind of bored. Did they ever start up the Haunted Tank series again? Yeah, actually, I I read where, uh, I believe it returned in 2008. They made it into a five-issue miniseries from the company, comic book company Vertigo. The new series, it was actually set during Operation Iraqi Freedom, and features the general becoming the guardian of an M1 Abrams tank. So it was it was a more modern version of it, of the actual comic book. Um, the M1 Abrams was commanded by Jeb Stewart's grandson, Sergeant Jamal Stewart. Now, I think I've read something from Vertigo. And was Jamal uh, uh, African-American? Yeah, that's what it said, um, that he was African-American. Now, a lot of people don't understand, and we don't have time for this podcast, but we're going to do a special African-American tank division story uh, that I'm researching currently. 
um, like a lot of people, I was unaware. You know, we had, Russell, you remember the movie Red Tails where it had the African-American pilots? Yes, yes. Escorting the bombers and they had such a, you know, amazing impact. Yes. But I did not know that there was an, actually an African-American division of tanks. And it's an amazing story, and uh, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah, we're we're definitely looking forward to that podcast. You were telling me a little bit about that the other day, and yeah, and there's a, there there's so much about that. Let me ask you this: let's talk. Let's talk before we get on to different subject. Let's finalize this haunted tank. Tell us some some of the stories um, about the haunted tank. From what I could tell in the comic book. They uh, actually found themselves stranded behind enemy lines at one point following a disastrous mission engineered to rescue the son of their commanding officer, General Norton, um, from a German POW camp and fighting their way back to the front. Uh, During this, they picked up uh, another crewman um, called Gus Gray, which is also another African-American soldier, Um, who had escaped from the same POW camp. They did a few rescue missions, it looked like, in the comic book. That's a good way of showing, you know, some stuff that is important, that the African-American community had a big part of World War II, and they were also in prisoner of war camps. And we'll probably touch on some of the prisoner of war camps. You got any good stories about the haunted tank? couple other things i thought i'd mention there were several deaths among their crew members and and several replacements of those deaths for instance the the tank's loader he was called arch asher died in saving his crew from an exploding kamikaze german tank gus took his place in the crew which was the the individual that i mentioned a little bit ago the african-american they picked up from the pow camp Uh, later in the war the driver Slim Striker, he was also killed in action and replaced by another crewman called Bill Craig. Bill Craig's son, Eddie, also joined the crew later on and taking over the loader's position and allowing Gus to act as a second gunner. So it it, it seemed a little more realistic with, with that. Crewmen were, were killed in action and, and they were replaced along the way. I also found... Um, where the jigsaw tank, what I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, it was eventually replaced by an M4 Sherman tank um, that saw them through to the end of the war in the comic book. So they finally got rid of the jigsaw tank and got an M4. Yeah. <laughs> Although we love the M4 yeah. Sherman, it sounds like I'd, I'd much prefer the jigsaw tank. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. If it can survive a Panzer, you know, kamikaze tank. Yeah. Um, but again, like how we were saying, if anybody has uh, stories or uh, information more about the Haunted Tank series, definitely let us know. We will uh, put it up on our Facebook and our podcast notes. You know, we keep talking about World of Tanks. Um, can you tell us a little bit about World of Tanks, Russell? Yeah, I, th- I thought it'd be a good time to bring up a little introduction to the game, since that's kind of what got us started you know, doing this podcast anyway. I mean, for me, um, as I explained in the first episode, this is how I became interested in in military tanks through the game called World of Tanks. World of Tanks is a massively multiplayer online game developed by a Belarusian 
company named Wargaming. So they're actually out of out of Russia. It's featuring mid twentieth century, nineteen thirties through nineteen sixties era combat vehicles. Well, being that I play the game too, uh, if you're new to the game and people always ask me for you know tips and tactics, my thing I always tell everybody is if you're going to start, remember the company is a Russian company. So they're kind of partial to uh, Soviet area tanks. So I tell people, start the Russian line. It doesn't matter the heavy or a medium tank or light tanks. Um, for some reason, the Russians really like their tanks, and they make them pretty hard to kill. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, the Russian line, that's that's what I started on, and and I would agree. Well, let me ask you this. Is World of Tanks free to play? I guess you can say it's a freemium business model where the game is free to play, but participants also have the option of paying a fee for use of premium features. And do you want to talk about some of the premium features that are available in the game? Well, some of the premium features, um, and like any of these computer games that are free to play, you know, in quotes, um, they have special tanks. Um, special equipment that you can get if you make a micro purchase. I think the other day uh, Russell bought a Italian premium tank. Is that a medium autoloader tank? Yes, that is. Yes. I wish I remember the name of that tank. I believe it's the Progretto 46. We will probably be talking about the Italian tank line in future. So if anybody out there has information about Italian tanks... We would definitely love that information, and feel free to send that to us. When was the official release of the game? Uh, the game was released clear back in April, on April 12th of 2011. So we're talking... What, seven years? Seven years old, yeah. And it's still one of the most popular games. Yeah. If you look at some of the stuff, uh, History of Wargaming... They actually have the world's record for most players logged online at one time, and I think it was million something. Wow. Um, what kind of platforms besides PC? Because usually when we're talking, we're talking PC players. Yeah, we're both personal computer players uh, of the game. Um, it's been ported um, to multiple gaming consoles. Uh, Xbox 360 version um, was developed by Wargaming. And it's called World of Tanks Xbox 360 Edition. Um, Xbox 360 players, they actually use a separate server than the PC personal computer version does. And players of each version have their separate accounts too. So you're not using the same account on the Xbox edition that you would on your computer. Now I know PlayStation... Four has a version. When was that released? It was released in 2016. So almost five years after the release of it on the computer, they have released the PlayStation 4 version. Now remember, if you don't think you'd enjoy playing tanks, Wargaming does have uh, World of Warplanes, um, where you can play you know, the German uh, World War II, even some of the World War One aircraft. What is some of the aircraft? I'm really not a big aircraft guy. Um, I guess the Mustang is in there. Um, I know, what was the airplane that was used uh, in the Battle of Britain? It was called the Thunderbolt? 
No. Gosh, we we need to research yeah. some of that. We yeah, really do. But again, this is a tank podcast. But Wargaming does also have a uh, World of Warships. And uh, me and Russ are kind of warship, warship geeks, too. Yeah, we've I play won- that every once in a while. And we've uh, actually went all the way down to Texas to see... What did we see? The, when the Enterprise, that carrier... Do you remember what we saw and seen? Isn't that terrible? We, we had <laughs> such a good time, and we can't remember the carrier that we were on. Um, but yeah, I actually got to go to Hawaii and Pearl Harbor and hang out on the Missouri. If you get a chance, and again, I press this so hard. If you do have these military history museums around, um, go see them, support them. Um, see if you can volunteer. It's so important that we keep these things around for the future generations. Um, I'm trying to talk Russ into going up to Liberty Memorial in Kansas City with us. And uh, eventually, uh, we'd like to get some of our viewers and some of our listeners to meet us and do a meet and greet maybe up there someday next to the World War Renault tank that they have up there. Yeah, the World War One Museum there in Kansas City. That would be sweet. And we can meet some of the listeners there, and uh, we could maybe do shoot a little video and put that on our uh, yeah. Facebook. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, it would. If everybody wonders why I'm kind of stuttering, I have Lightning the Cat, and yes, she, she is, is she is climbing up on my lap going, <laughs> I want attention. Give me attention. Um, tell us about some of the gameplay uh, in World of Tanks. Before I go on to the gameplay, I am going to mention um, World of Tanks. They do have a mobile platform, too, that you can play on your iPad or or your Android phone. Um, and it's called World of Tank Blitz. And believe it or not, yes, they have had a board game in the past titled World of Tanks Rush. Wow. Yep. And I knew so they, they had, had quite a bit of... And I knew they had a collectible uh, card like them Pokemon cards. Yeah, I have heard of that, too. But they... They had a uh, uh, card game called uh, World of Tanks Generals. So if you're not in the computer games, you can still get some of the cards, but uh, yeah, you'd have to be a collector. Got it all, pretty much. Yeah. Got the... yeah, getting back to the gameplay, the players actually takes control of a single armored vehicle of their choice, and it's placed. that vehicle is actually placed in a battle on a random map. Each time you hit battle i mean it'll place you on a random map um, the player as has control over the vehicle's movement the firing of the gun and they can communicate with allied players through typed or voice chat you know one of the fun things about world of tank is that you can uh get the different communications like uh, me and russ will use uh team speak and we'll platoon we usually platoon every friday night and uh, just have a wonderful time. If you are a player of World Tanks, or if you get into it, feel free to contact us in game, uh, friend us in game, and we'll pull we'll pull a spoon with anybody. Oh yeah, shoot yeah, but, that'd be fun. But don't blame us when we're terrible at oh, it. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're not the best. Yeah, this game forces you to play almost every day. Yeah, and, and to get better and better and better. That's true. And where we started at. <laughs> We were terrible. We were terrible. <laughs> but um, you start out at level one, and you're going to get, um, like, the Renault tank, um, 
there's a lot of countries that had the Renault tank. Um, that starts out at like your tier one. Uh, the American tier one is the T1 Cunningham. We really need to do some episodes about these beginning two-man yes, tanks that is and stuff. in the plans, yes, yes. All right. Yes. Um, let's see. Some of the other vehicle types. Uh, well, you know, Russ, tell us a little bit about the vehicle types. Uh, the vehicles are modeled closely to resemble their counterparts in real life. I mean, I to be honest with you, I am a history buff, and I think that's why I really enjoy playing this game. The, the vehicles that show up on your gaming screen resemble their, their counterparts. I mean, and it's right down to the details. You, you probably wouldn't even believe it unless you've seen it. Um, maybe we can do some screenshots of some of the better tanks. Yeah, you know? we can. Yeah, we can include some screenshots probably in in our show notes sometime or on Facebook as we go along. Yeah. Well, well some people would question me when I'm playing. They're like, "Hey, I notice on a lot of tanks that they have logs," and and I'm actually talking about logs, like actual tree logs. And they would go, "Why are these tanks having logs on them? Did they use them for extra ammo?" And I say, "No." they would get stuck in the mud and they would actually put these logs in front of them and pull, run over them, and it would actually push the tank over the log forward and get out of the mud. Sometimes they had to put the same log in front of the tank over and over and over, but it would yeah. get you out of the mud. Yeah. But they actually have these logs strapped yeah. on there, and they have like their fifty caliber or any aircraft machine guns on top. Uh, there's different camouflage. I, I think we should put some of the screenshots just to show yeah. people how great that oh, is. Oh, it is. It is so detailed. I Yeah, I've been impressed ever since I've been playing it. You know even what? more so, and I'll be honest with you, even more so, I've been impressed after they've released version 1.0. And we'll get into that in another episode, too, on yeah. some of the difference on how it used to be. We have so much to talk about and so much to share, and we do appreciate you guys tuning in. You know, we're wrapping this up. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our Halloween ghost uh, episode. But to kind of wrap this up, um, how can somebody email email us? Yeah, um, they can get a hold of us through email. Please, please, please. Um, I know we mentioned it several times throughout each podcast, but please email us your questions, comments, or tank photos, anything, anything you want to get to us. You can email us at two tankers and cat at gmail.com repeating two tankers and cat at gmail.com you can also get a hold of us I've set up a new Facebook page it's two tankers and a cat podcast Uh, you can get to it at www.facebook.com backslash two tankers and cat podcast oh you do us a favor people Please throw us a like on Facebook and yes. feel free to share us. Share it. Share some of our articles we put on there, our pictures. Right. Get out there. Get the word out that this podcast exists and, and help us out. Trust me, we are doing this because we love military history and we love tanks. But we're not making a dime. We're actually using our own paid time off to come out here and try to give you good content. And one of them, like we said, one of the ways to get better com- 
content is you sending us your comments or questions. And if we're wrong about something, feel free to call us out. Please do, yes. Because we will tell you, tell everybody your name, your first name only, <laughs> and say, he caught us being complete idiots and we were totally wrong. Yes. yes. So we can fix this. Yes. Where else can we check out some of the show notes? And um, Yeah, you'll find uh, links, photographs, and extra notes on some of the things we cover in our biweekly podcasts. Um, I put a link at the top of our Podbean podcast uh, page called Show Notes. Uh, the show notes for the most current podcast will be at the top of that list, and you can scroll down through it and see some of the older show notes. And in those show notes, like I said, you'll find links and photographs and some extra notes that we, we add to it. And, and going back, you can access all that through twotankersandcat.podbean.com. Twotankersandcat.podbean.com. And you can also listen to our podcast through that site too. Awesome. Well, we're going to close out our Halloween spooky ghost episode. And, uh, I really appreciate everybody tuning in. And this is Charlie signing off. And this is Russell and lightning. Get down. (laughs) Yeah. You've been a pain tonight. (laughs) 